coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. I mean, when people are saying, oh, I'm not religious, that is them bucking against the idea of earning it or like somebody telling them what to do. I mean, you know, it's, I do submit my life to God. Like I, I let God be my God. I, I don't see myself as my own God, but that's not because I'm trying to earn heaven or earn God's favor or God's mad at me. Mm-hmm. That's because I believe that he knows what's best for me. Yes. You know, he loves me. He's for us. He's not against us. He died for me. And I believe that he is for my good. And that's why I say, okay, I'll follow you and not myself. Yeah. But I I don't see that as religion. I see that as like freedom (laughs) because who wants to follow themselves? We're usually wrong. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. Yes. Well, (laughs) then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition recipes and tips from the kitchen and we're going to both get into how to live a long healthy vibrant life yes i love it our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process oh Oh, yeah yeah. we We like like to have fun too so let's Let's get on with the show hi everyone it's me your dr isabel and Thank you so much for your time and joining us today on the MD and Chef team. Today, I'm going to go ahead and share with you a little bit about Rebecca, and then we're going to just take off in first class. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just buckle in and we're taking off in first class. That's the vision (laughs) I have in my mind right now. Oh, here comes some sun. I'm going to go ahead and just continue with the sun coming in. We didn't know it was going to be that much sun, but oh well. So for 15 years, Rebecca has been leading others and helping them develop through coaching and counseling, management and mentoring, and inspiring groups of 20 to 2,000 through speaking. Rebecca holds a master's degree in human services and has been working as a full-time Christian speaker and life coach for over five years. Bravo. That takes a lot of courageousness. (laughs) It does. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca provides teaching and recourses to help women implement truth and grow in grace for their good and God's glory. Yes, amen. She Mm -hmm. recently got married and lives in Boise, Idaho with her husband, Jeff. Welcome, Rebecca, to the MD and Chef team. Thank you. I'm thrilled. (laughs) Now, normally you're interviewing people, and today I get to interview you. Yes. Yeah. So, So, and I love being interviewed. So, I'm pretty much game for anything you want to talk about. So, we're going to go for it, huh? Yeah. Okay. We're going to take off, and hopefully, it lands well in people's hearts. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I have a question I want to ask you. Biblical wisdom and brain health. Yeah. Does the Bible give us any examples of people with depression or anxiety or other, quote, mental illness issues? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dive into those. I don't know. Does everybody who listens, are they all believers or do you have like kind of a mixed audience? Nope. We're everybody. Okay. So yeah, I'll just say really quick for those maybe who aren't yet believers, like that is my worldview. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I believe that the Bible is true. And not only is it true, but I believe it is our best resource for healthy living. I do um, too. And I, I, and I know everybody doesn't necessarily, but at least as they're listening today, maybe they can be like, oh, this is what a, a Christian believes, or this is what the Bible says about it. And, and, you know, I work with people who mostly I work with people who are Christians, but not always. And I just, I really want even the people who aren't like, don't tune out. If you just happen to be someone who's maybe even been like hurt by the church or just thinks all Christians are like all religion is crazy just don't tune out, like be open enough maybe to hear what we have to say today, because, you know, my core belief is that there is a creator and that he created us. And therefore he knows how we operate best. Like there is a creator, right? I believe that there's a God. I believe it's the God of the Bible. I believe he made us, he designed us. And therefore here's the manual. He's like, here you go, humans. This is the way that you are meant to operate. And this is for your health and your good and you're thriving. And so, yeah, everything I do is it's coaching, it's speaking, it's helping people grow, but it's all through this lens of like, well, what does the one who made us say about it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to let people know that that's like what I do. And when, where my mindset is, I love growth. I love learning. And I believe the Bible is our best resource for that. It really, really is. And a lot of people don't know how to read the Bible. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, no, it's yeah. in too, it's that fancy language. But there's some really amazing Bibles yeah. out there that help you understand, yeah. you know, as you go along. Is there any Bible that you like to recommend to people to help them understand? Yeah, I mean, really basic ones, maybe for someone who's just like, I've never even opened a Bible. I like the good news version. It's very modern language. Um, you can find it on an app for free. I mean, you, you can literally download like the Bible app and then find the good news version. Personally, I use the ESV version. I think people maybe get overwhelmed by the Bible because they do think that it's like all this old language or all this like, it's so big or it's a bunch of stories I don't understand. But kind of going back to your original question a couple minutes ago, it's really just a book about people and God. And it's just a bunch of stories about people who really lived, you know, all the way back to Moses and stuff like that. And then to the early church, the time of Jesus, these are like historical figures. And it's just a collection of stories of their lives. King Solomon, David, again, people who we know lived. And yes, many of them struggled. <laughs> Like your question was, is there examples in the Bible of people who have had anxiety or depression or other kind of mental health issues? Yeah. The whole Bible is actually full of that, yeah. uh, <laughs> which really I think, it, which I think actually makes it easier to read when you kind of read it with that perspective. Like, okay, this is just humans, right? The story of humans struggling and how God interacted with them or what God told them to do, how God helped them get free, what, you know, our spiritual, it's just a very human book. Really so yeah, is. do you want me to give you some specifics? Of oh some yeah, yeah. I want because before we begin this journey on where in the Bible it talks about depression, anxiety, and how they went ahead and survived. For everyone that's listening, my understanding from my journey with quote being a, a suicide survivor is mm -hmm. I understand now that we don't have 
a mental illness issue, which we're going to share today. We have a brain health issue. And when we learn how to take good care of our brain health, then we're going to have better mental well-being to take Mm -hmm. care of all the kapows that happen in our lives because life will happen. Right, Rebecca? It will. Yes, it will. And we've got to, and we've, we're going to learn the tools to get mm-hmm. back up and be more resilient. So I'm really coming away more and more from my understanding and the research and my personal experience about it's not a mental illness issue. It's a brain health issue. And right. let's get our brain health well so that we have a happy mind. We're able yeah. to deal with things and go, okay, this is happening for me. What am I going to learn from this? And let's move forward and up from this. And the Bible has really helped me understand through the stories. So take it away, Rebecca. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the best stories possible, and I'll just, maybe we'll probably just stick with this one, though there's a few about anxiety, like a few verses in Psalms, but in first Kings chapter 19, we read about Elijah, who was a prophet, again, a historical figure who actually lived Elijah was alone and doing really hard work and culture and kind of the the people in charge at the time it was a queen named Jezebel were like after Elijah. And he came to a point where, as the Bible says, this is in first Kings 19, then he was very afraid and he rose and ran for his life to Beersheba. Um, skipping down a couple verses later, basically he was out in the wilderness alone under a broom tree. It says, I don't know what kind of tree that is, but it's some kind of tree. (laughs) (laughs) And he asked God that he might die saying Mm. it is enough now. Oh Lord, take my life. So anybody, I think getting to the point where they feel like not living anymore or asking God, you know, probably this is one step maybe before suicide or something, but getting to the point where it's like, well, just kill me. I wish I just wasn't here. Right. And there's other, I mean, there's other examples of this in the Bible, but this one is kind of the most flushed out because God actually talks to him. And there's some steps that happen before God talks to him that I think are going to like totally reinforce everything that you um, believe too about brain health. So the first thing that happens here, and I think it's so fascinating, Mm. is that he laid down. So this is the very next verse. Okay. It says that Elijah said, is it, it's enough, Lord, take my life. Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. Okay. So before God even responds to him, he sleeps and he eats. Amen. What do you think about that? Oh my gosh, very (laughs) important. We've got to sleep. I had a feeling you would like that. (laughs) And we've got to eat. It's very, very simple. Yeah, so he sleeps and he eats. Um, And then he looked and behold, there was a cake, which means bread really, on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate again and he drank again and he slept again. So two times God Basically, I mean, the way that I read this is that God is like, okay, I see you. You've cried out to me. You're not doing well. But also before you're even going to be able to hear me mm-hmm. and like address this issue, he he led Elijah to eat, drink and sleep for two days. And he ate and he drank and he laid down again. And then the angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. He arose, ate and drank and went on with the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. And he basically journeyed out into the wilderness further 
where he did have an encounter with God. In that encounter with God, God encourages him and tells him, you know, you're not alone. And he kind of like fixes his woe is me attitude and his mindset. And he sends him back to the mission that he had been on. But that's an example of somebody who was literally ready to call it quits and didn't want to be on earth anymore. That's one of the most tangible examples, I think. Do you have any? I love that example. That's actually what my pastor spoke over me when Mm -hmm. I went to her in desperation. She said, you sleep, eat, and rest. That's all you got to do. And Mm -hmm. now I understand that whole story. And the thing Mm -hmm. that is so key from what you said, Rebecca, is that Elijah had done amazing work. Like he was on. He was grinding, like they say here in the world. And Mm -hmm. he was working, working, working. And I don't know about you, but I know that I can grind myself to the ground where people have to Mm -hmm. peel me off the sidewalk. And Mm -hmm. it's so important for us to understand that we've got to sleep. Mm -hmm. And sleep, if you don't sleep, look at what happened to Elijah. He wanted to die. And this is, again, kind of where my whole belief about like, but God knows what's best for us. And God literally instituted like the Sabbath, which is the day of rest, right? And the Bible says that man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. Meaning God created and set apart that day of like pure rest for our good. That's it. Literally for human good. He's like one day a week, you need to not work at all. I mean, I wonder how many of us do that. I've learned to do it. I have to, and it saved me because uh, I yeah. had a period in my life of overworking and anxiety and, you know, actual physical like panic attacks and stuff like that. And it was like, okay, if God says you're made to rest, so, like you better just listen to him and see if that helps. <laughs> and, and it did. What are your guidelines for that Sabbath? What do you do to make sure? I that don't you- open my computer. I don't open my email. I try not to get on social media or even check my phone at all. I mean, we, we go to church and sometimes I'll like clean or organize around the house because that's not really wearing on my soul. That makes me feel good. You know, that makes me feel like kind of decompressed and stuff. But yeah, I can sense when I'm overworking now and I can sense when I'm working on my own strength and I can sense when I'm working kind of for the wrong reasons out of fear or out of insecurity and all of those things push me beyond my limits And I have to pull myself back and just say, like, do you trust God for this stuff or don't you? Mm. And then I rest. And that's nightly too. I mean, it's nightly, it's weekends, it's not just Sunday, but I like, I rest now more than I've ever rested in my life. Um, And I have fully overcome anxiety. Like I don't have any anxiety anymore and I don't have any panic attacks anymore. And it was more than just rest, but rest was a large part of it. And listening to God. Yeah. Listening yeah. to God, trusting God, listening to those prompts yeah, you know, of like, it's okay to stop, you know, and my human flesh is like, no, it's not. <laughs> I know. Cause we're, we're of that personality, that character yeah. of like, let's go. We got stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. I mean, I actually feel almost anxious, some like a different kind of anxious, but almost a little anxious on days when I'm resting too much by four I, or five in the afternoon. I'm like, can I get out of the house? Can I do a little bit of work? Yeah. But that's not anxiety, anxiety. That's more just my like restless heart. And the Lord kind of brings it back and is like, rest, rest, rest. I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> and that's why I connected so much with you because I picked up on that. And we're, we're yeah. very much of the same fabric. 
Yeah. I could go and do all day, every day, but that would exhaust me and not be good for me. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to ask because you're married and you've got Jeff, does Jeff understand how to kind of help you stay safe in, you know, not pushing yourself too much? Yes. Luckily he does. And luckily his, his personality is slightly different than mine. So he's like, I mean, he works very hard too, but he has an easier time relaxing than I do. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, he'll pull me back for sure. And, or if I just start to seem anxious or I start to kind of like talk about the same worrisome things over and over, he'll be very quick to be like, have you read your Bible? Have you prayed about it? Like, are you working too hard? So yeah, yeah, he's very he's used to me being peaceful and calm and I'm used to that in him. So when either one of us kind of gets off kilter, we, we definitely notice it in the other person. And then the next thing is eating. Elijah was told to eat. Yeah. And because that's definitely a big part of brain health, my big three for eating is one, eat eat real food. There's so much junk out there. And two, eat less. We're eating way too much. We're getting mm-hmm. way too big and it's mm-hmm. stressing our body. And three, you know what? It's very easy to get so caught up with, I've got to eat this. I've got to eat that. No, all you got mm-hmm. to do is eat more veggies too, because yeah. veggies yeah. are clean. They're going to help yeah. our brain health. So those three is what I, yeah. when people say, what do I do? What do I do? And I just try and Keep mm-hmm. it simple. What do you say when you say eat, mm-hmm. sleep, and rest? Okay, eat. Hmm. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Pig out mm-hmm. on chocolate and ice cream? Mm-mm. Or no. no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I agree. I think if we get too preoccupied with like all the, oh, does my food have this or that or that in it? Or I can't eat this or I'm intolerant to that. Or I mean, I've seen women that I coach who have become so obsessive in their belief that their food is kind of their, or their diet, I should say, is the cause of all their problems. And therefore like restricting their diet is the answer to all of their problems. Um, Those people like that just becomes another area of anxiety and stress for them because they panic when they or their kids do eat a cupcake, you know? And it's like, okay, you've now taken it too far. You've literally made this kind of thing an idol. Yes, exactly. You're idol. Yeah. Yeah. And not to over-spiritualize it here. I'm about to, but the healthiest diet in the world is the Mediterranean diet, which is where the seat of all Christianity, (laughs) meaning when people were eating and drinking back then they were eating and drinking real food and they were eating and drinking in small amounts and they were eating, eating and drinking a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruit and a lot of fish and a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, again, my mindset would just be like, are you eating in general? Am I kind of eating real food, food that was created by God and not people, not created by man. So am I eating real food? And am I eating regularly? I have to eat regularly. I get hangry if I don't eat every couple hours. So me personally, I eat pretty small amounts, but I eat every couple hours. And I just try to make sure that I'm eating predominantly real food, but I don't, I can't handle the restrictions of like, Oh, but you can't have any gluten and you need to track your protein intake and you need to make sure you're adding this to your water and that to your water and make sure you're not too much caffeine. I mean, there's like the rules these days are like endless, Hmm. you know, and very overwhelming to me personally. And so I am just like, don't get your portions out of control because the Bible talks about that too. That's called gluttony Hmm. and make sure you're eating food that like God made, 
which means, you know, real food. Mm-hmm. That's really all that I concern myself with. Yeah. And speaking about gluttony mm-hmm. and church, <laughs> I know I'm going to be, mm. oh, well, I'm doing it with my heart. Yeah. It really hurts my heart to see the junk yeah. that's being served at, at church. Uh, I mean, yeah. this is God's temple. He okay. needs us in tip top form if we don't take good care of ourselves. You mean and, like at a church event or something? Or at church, you know, when I go to church, the food, you know, the biscuits, the candy, yeah. the lollies, the cakes, the it's yeah. just it's not good food. It's just it's true. It's not good food. And it's not me, real. Food. It's yeah. not real food. And then also the gluttony. It says in the Bible, gluttony is. is a sin. It does. Yeah. And all sins are things that, that are bad for us. That's why God calls them sin. He doesn't call stuff sin to like restrict our freedom or our fun no. or to steal our life from us. He says, these things are sin because they will steal your life from you. These things are in the sin category because they will steal, kill, and destroy your life, your joy, your health, your happiness. And yes, gluttony falls in that category. And they really do, Rebecca. As a medical doctor in frontline medicine, this chronic disease stuff that we're seeing because of the gluttony Mm -hmm. is like, good on you drinking that water. (laughs) What did you put in that water? Oh, is it just water? It's just water. (laughs) Good job. It just makes my heart really, really sad. My husband and I were coming back from church the other day and he goes, oh, babe, if Christians would only understand mm-hmm. to take good care of their body, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like yeah. they're they're really into the spirituality and stuff, but really yeah. they just, they're so blind. I've, I want to like put on glasses, but I can't, you know, they always... Yeah. Like they'll see me at the grocery store and they'll go, oh, I'm just getting, they consider Michael and I the food police. Oh, I'm just getting this. And I'm I'm like, hey, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time do well. The other 20%, you know, do what you want, but don't hurt yourself. And you and I both know that if you don't have a good, clean temple, you can't do God's work as to the best ability. No, you You absolutely can't. You'll hinder your ability to be effective for the kingdom, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know I special you specialize more in in just the, like the science of it all and kind of the body. I specialize a little bit more in the emotions. And so, what I know and have discovered, what I have discovered is most of the overeating, most of it, not all of it, is happening because of a lack of emotional health. So, like. Most people are eating to um, feel good instantly, right? Like I'm a little overstressed. I'm anxious. I'm worried if I grab this food or shop or drink this too much wine or whatever the thing is that people are grabbing for, they're grabbing for that thing to numb out a doubt, a fear and anxiety and emotion, something that's going on inside of them that they don't want to think about. They're just pushing it away. And the best way to push it away is to eat for a lot of people. That's a lot of the work I do, which is like, okay, let's learn how to deal with this stuff. It's not as scary as you think it is. It's not as hard as you think it is. You may have grown up in a home or even a church, unfortunately, that you would sweep all this stuff under the rug, but you can't. As humans, we can't sweep difficult emotional things under the rug because the only way to keep them under the rug is to eat or shop or do some other thing that's really terrible for you. 
And that's why I wanted to, for us to talk about this <laughs> because people do feed a hungry heart, a painted yes. heart. And for them they to eat know their that, feelings is another yeah. way to say it. Yeah. 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 And um, that's why I wanted them to hear that you can help them with that because that's good. If yeah. you can take care of that part, that part, that emotional part that affects our brain health, you know, yeah, then that's just another area that you've taken care of to help mm-hmm. you have good brain health. And with brain health, you've got a happy mind. How would you like to feel a sense of clarity, focus, and mental sharpness that enables you to tackle any challenge with ease? Can you envision experiencing a better memory and recall, allowing you to easily remember important details, names, and events? What could you accomplish if your mental energy is always high, allowing you to stay alert and productive throughout the day without feeling mentally fatigued or foggy? How great would it feel when you experience better quality sleep, allowing your brain to rest and recharge, leading to increased productivity and creativity? Imagine feeling a sense of calmness and control, allowing you to manage stress and anxiety with ease, giving you the confidence to handle any situation. Be honest with yourself. When was the last time you experienced an overall sense of well-being and satisfaction? You see, your brain health positively impacts all areas of your life, from work to relationships and personal growth. Just visualize how amazing it would feel to have optimal brain health and unlock your full potential. If you want to learn more, and I know you do, then check out the link in the show notes for the Optimizing Your Brain Health community. And we look forward to seeing you there. And now back to the rest of the show. If I don't take care of myself for two days, like for instance, this last weekend, Michael and I kind of, you know, fell Mm -hmm. off the wagon, sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was. And. Uh, we actually felt the f- the food hangover yeah. and people feel this way all the, time. all the time. And if they would only just realize it instead of saying, no, it's not a problem, but it is a problem and it's stopping people from doing their mm-hmm. best work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, that my heart really hurts for that so much because I've seen mm-hmm. the end. I've seen the falling off the cliff and, Yeah. And part of my heart hurts for it too, mostly because I know that a lot of people who struggle in this area have tried. They want to eat better, but they just can't. They they don't know how to, or they've tried and failed so many times, or you know what I mean? It's like some people think it's hopeless for them. And so they just think feeling bad or feeling like crap or being uncomfortable is their destiny or just like how it's going to be for them for the rest of their life. But that's just not true. And even biblically speaking, like God is like, no, that's not what I have for you. That's, that's not, right. that's not what freedom is. That's not, that's just, <laughs> the Bible is a story of a lot of broken, anxious people, which by the way, I don't believe that anxiety or depression or any of those other things are sin, quote unquote, but the Bible talks about how God delivers and restores us from 
sin and also just sort of like human brokenness, you know, the struggle of being on this planet mm-hmm. is hard. Loss is hard. Relationships are hard. Family is hard. Work is hard. And he addresses all of those things. So with love, with love and, and promises and promises and truth. And yeah. Yeah. I, the part that I love the most about the Bible is realizing how much God loves us. Yeah. You know, that yeah. he's not a mean old dad going, what the heck are you doing? What? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part, too. I mean, if I didn't think God was gracious and oh. loving, I I would have walked away a long time ago. I would have been like, you know, because I don't do like workspace faith or trying to be really good or trying to earn it. Like, no. It's, it's a love relationship and it's a, he is perfect and I am not, but he already knows that about me. And so like, here, I love you. I've secured eternity for you through Christ. And now the rest of our life is that we get to grow together and you get to learn how to be healthy and restored and that's it. Yeah. I've never experienced personally an angry God. I know some people have. But I I don't, and I don't see that in the Bible either. So, yes, that's my favorite part too is love. (laughs) I know he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. And as we're talking about brain health, like I know this is different again than the biological stuff that you guys talk about, but knowing that you're loved and knowing, and like knowing like that you're forgiven and not having shame or guilt. Like I I don't have any shame or guilt. Like sure, if I do something wrong, I'll talk to God about it or I'll apologize to a person or I'll confess like, but day to day, like I do not live with the need to be loved or accepted because I am. And I don't live with shame or guilt because it's been like taken care of for me. And so I know this is more like, this is a little bit more of the mental health stuff, but what we do know is that a lot of shame, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of like loneliness, all those things can kind of rewire your brain and put you in fight or flight, they affect us on a physical level to have all those negative, you know, beliefs and thoughts and feelings about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I agree with you greatly. I'm like, I don't know that that's a mental health issue as much as it is that you're just like cycling on the negative and your poor brain has basically been rewired to like believe and think negative things all the time. Mm -hmm. It's time to like, how do we get you out of that loop? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you get, you get out of that loop by understanding God's love for you yes. and and yes. his promises you know yeah. his promises that he will never ever ever leave right. you that right. Jesus has left his peace right here in your Amen. heart you know Amen. and that he will never leave yes. you like knowing those promises and getting them tattooed into your heart and getting into the habit of when you're stressed pulling them out Yeah, but the only you're going, okay, he said right here, like my favorite one right now is I love, I have read John so many times. I mean, (laughs) so many times. But you know how when you read something, you're like, oh, for for some reason it's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. So so John 14, then 15, then 16. Mm -hmm. So John 14 is um, do this is the one, do not let your heart be troubled. Yes. This is directly from Jesus. Isabel, Rebecca, do not let your heart be troubled. Yeah. Believe in God and trust in him. And oh, by the way, believe in me too. 
yeah. love Jesus for John 14, one. Mm-hmm. I put that into my, you know, how you can text into your messages. Yeah. And you know, when you go through a stressful day, yeah. you're like, wait a minute, what did he say? And getting yeah. those promises into your heart really help whoever's listening out there, just yes. reading the Bible and knowing how much God and Jesus love you. Yes. Blows my mind. Like I'm yeah, 63. And it works. It works. It sounds trivial to some people, but I mean, the Bible proves itself. And in Psalm, I wrote this one down actually in Psalm 94, 19, it says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. When we're anxious, when we're sad, when we're overwhelmed, when we're depressed, when we're anything, yes, the words of the Lord do calm our heart. They do bring us joy. For some of us, we're so in it deep that we have to be preaching the truth to ourselves a hundred times a day. Like, cause that's just the phase. <laughs> of religion, right? It's like a hundred times a day. I have to be doing this. Um, and I think seasons come and go where it's like, yeah. uh, it's literally keeping me alive to remember his promises. And then there's other times where it's like in the morning with the Lord. And then I'm like, I feel peaceful the rest of the day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my favorite one is Hebrews eleven six, and it's a, it's not necessarily a promise directly. It's more like a charge to Christians. But it says, "For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone that comes to God must believe that He is, which means that He exists, and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him." Yes. So I take that as like okay. I'm literally, when, when I refuse to be anxious, when I refuse to let my heart be troubled, when I just turn the page and kind of blindly be like, God's got this financial situation or God's got this relationship situation, or God can handle that person who is like not acting the way I want them to act. And I just move on with my day and I don't overprocess it. I don't ruminate on it. I don't let it ruin my joy. That's me having faith. Mm-hmm. And in, according to that verse in Hebrews eleven six, that faith pleases God. Like for without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible says, so all these moments that I'm just like, okay, in my human flesh, I could really obsess about this thing, which would make me feel like crap by the way. And it would ruin my whole day. Yep. Or I can just whisper up a prayer and say, God, I'm just going to move on with my day because I trust that you have this. Like that actually makes God really happy. Mm-hmm. And it's good for me. Mm-hmm. surprise surprise <laughs> and it's good and he loves for us to be leaning on him all the time you know yeah yeah ah, i know so one i know i'm so glad you brought that one up i love that one and then another one that saves my butt so many times <laughs> is god saying fear not for i am with you fear not yes for i am with you fear not <laughs> for i am with you says the lord like, yes. don't worry about this. I got it. Would you just keep your eyes on me instead yeah. of the problem? Yes. Yeah. And I know that sounds so probably cliche or like, how can you do that to some people listening? But I have come to know and believe that my deepest needs are fully met in the Lord. All, all the things that we're obsessing about mm. are because we we think we have an unmet need. It's going to be financial or relational or we want friends or we want, I mean, like name, you name it. The thing we're obsessing about is somewhere down deep, a need that we're trying really hard to have met. 
And at the end of the day, like you and I, we know now that our deepest needs are already met. They're met in the Lord. We're never going to be alone. We have eternity. We have community. We have acceptance. We are loved. We have purpose. We have meaning. Like, even if we go through something terrible, he'll be with us. So like, uh, really, it's just about when those fears flare up. Okay, what am I what what am I thinking right now is not going to be met or what what do I think is in jeopardy because whatever it is on the deepest deepest level it's not in jeopardy. It's all taken care of already in the Lord. Like we don't know exactly how he's going to handle this situation. We don't know if <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if the person who's walked if some people have, you know, kids who have walked away from the Lord and they can't you know, that's painful. Or somebody has somebody with a health issue or we don't know yet. And our confidence is not, oh, that thing is going to work out exactly the way I want it to work out. Our confidence is no matter what happens, the Lord will be with me in it. He'll give me the strength to get through it. Uh, He'll give me the wisdom when I need it. So what good does it do to worry about it? It doesn't. It doesn't. And he didn't give us a spirit of fear, dread, and doubt. No. No, he gave, gave us a, power and love and a sound mind. And people don't understand, don't know that. And that's why we're talking about this is that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's easy. It's simple, but it's not easy to understand. Yeah. No, it's not easy. No, the Bible. And I'll say too, like, I don't think we can, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and I'm very familiar with all things you know, Christian. And I guess you could even say religious, though I don't consider myself religious. And I get a little bit brokenhearted when people use faith as just a spiritual bypassing for the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you actually do need to, to do like go to counseling or go to a doctor. We're holistic beings. So, you know, Christians and people of faith can sometimes will just pray about it. You're just not having enough faith. Oh, that mindset and worldview can be really damaging to people because they're like, what am I just a bad Christian? Well, no, maybe you just need to go talk to a good counselor. Maybe you need to fix your diet. Maybe you need, you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. It's the combination of the type of work that I do and the type of work that you do and the type of work that other people do because we're holistic beings and, and we do need to work on all of it. Amen. Yeah. I know. Everybody thinks I'll just pray about it. Mm, There's more work than that. (laughs) Yeah. And or and or people think, well, I'll just monitor what I eat. But you're a spiritual being, too. So you do need to pray. We are a body and we are a spirit and we are a mind. And so, yeah, it's all things. It's all things. I want to go back to thank you. That was perfect. Um, I want to go back to this religious versus not religious. What's your definition of being religious versus not religious? Um, for me, yeah, for me, religion is a set of rules, um, to sort of earn favor with God or a set of, uh, works that people do. So, you know, all, almost all major world religions, except for Christianity mm-hmm. will have a set of just behaviors that you're supposed to do or things you're supposed to accomplish in order to kind of get to heaven or be close to God or achieve Nirvana or whatever they call it. And Christianity doesn't have that. There's, there's only one quote unquote rule. And that is to believe in Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's it. Belief, faith instead of works. So yeah, to me, religion is works-based and Christianity is faith-based. That's how I distinguish them. Mm -hmm. But you. 
Um, for me, it's funny because a conversation comes up with me a lot because people know I'm a Christian doctor and uh, they go, oh, I'm not religious. I'm re- not religious. And I go, yeah, I'm not either. Yeah, I just either. have a very, very close relationship with God. And yeah, Jesus. me too. Like yeah. I'm super glued to his chest now because of what mm-hmm. I've gone through and how he's Amen. helped me through so many things. And Amen. and that's what I have. I have a relationship with God yes, and Jesus. You. And I know you do too. But I wanted to clarify that because everybody's like, oh, I'm not religious. And I go, I'm not either. And either yeah. is Rebecca. So now everybody knows. <laughs> now everybody knows. Yeah. Especially because when people say that, that is what they mean. I mean, when people are saying, oh, I'm not religious, that is them bucking against the idea of earning it or like somebody telling them what to do. I mean, you know, it's, I do submit my life to God. Like I, I, let God be my God. I I don't see myself as my own God, but that's not because I'm trying to earn heaven or earn God's favor or God's mad at me. Mm -hmm. That's because I believe that he knows what's best for me. Yes. You know, he loves me. He's for us. He's not against us. He died for me. And I believe that he is for my good. And that's why I say, okay, I'll follow you and not myself. Yeah. But I I don't see that as religion. I see that as like freedom (laughs) because who wants to follow themselves? We're usually wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) there's so much we can talk about. However, it's time to start landing this plane. Okay. Before we go, I'd love for you to share with the audience, with our listeners, three take home action steps that they can start implementing right now to help them with their brain health, to help them have yeah. more success? Um, I think the first one is, if you haven't read the Bible, read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where would you say to start? What two places that you oh, would recommend? Definitely. I would say Psalms or Proverbs. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people tell people to start in the Gospels, but which would be like Matthew, Mark, and John. But, um, the Psalms and the Proverbs are just like humans being humans. Yes. You know, that's kind of a, a cheeky answer, like a more specific answer. In um, Psalm 32, we, one of my favorite Bible verses is, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. And that's just another like true, real human reality that we need to talk about our what we're going through and we need to talk about our different cult emotions and we need to invite another human, be it like a coach or a counselor or a friend or a pastor or a spouse. Like if anybody out there is struggling, you need to talk about it. You need to let somebody know you need to not suffer in silence because it will only get worse. And so, yeah, for, for the sake of brain health, be known, be authentic, be seen, try to find a person who's gracious and loving and, you know, be honest because that's, Uh, that's what we need as humans. We can't just hold in our struggles and our trials and our fears. We can't hold them in. Mm -mm. So yeah, don't be silent. That would be my takeaway. Also, I said the Bible and then don't be silent as number two. And then, yeah, number three, I think I'm probably going to go with the sleep, eat, rest, which I know you say all the time. So I don't know that that's like, ah, new information, but you know, it took me when I went through my period of really bad anxiety, it took me months 
almost a year to like reset my body to a real like rest and restore mode. So I slept a lot. I exercised only kind of when I felt like it, I didn't push myself too hard. Uh, I just really acknowledged my kind of fragility and my humanness. And I rested a lot. I literally quit my job and like rested for almost six months. And, and my body did go back to feeling and my brain went back to feeling strong. I thought I was like broken beyond repair, but I feel as strong or stronger than I did before that season in my life when I was, you know, dealing with panic attacks and stuff. So do what you got to do to rest, take care of yourself. Yeah. Those would be my takeaways. Thank you. That's so good. And I'm glad you didn't give up. I'm glad you didn't say I'm broken beyond repair and, Mm. you know, not believe that lie because that is a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. For those of the listeners that are out there, please, wherever you are, if you are in that place where you feel like you're broken beyond repair, you're not. You're not. You're not. There's God is there to pick you up and walk with you. And he loves you. And I know this sounds crazy if you're not a Christian, but really, 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 there really is God. And he is a beautiful father and he does love you. And if you're in that place, this is like the best place because this is where he can show his love for you. And, well, the, and this is usually where people will say, oh, I'm, I can't do it on my own. You know, they've reached kind of the end of their human. I've done what I thought was right or, and I feel broken. It only got worse. It didn't get better. And that's usually where myself included and people mm-hmm. in general are more open to the wisdom of God and being like, okay, there must be a better way because my, this ain't working. And so, yeah, I just, yeah, I I very much agree with you. And I would want people to hear that. If you think that your body or your brain or your emotions or your life is broken beyond repair, that's a lie from the pit of hell Mm -hmm. because that lie will destroy you. I mean, that lie will make you want to be done with life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a lie. That is a lie. And you will believe that lie more and more if you're not sleeping and eating well. Yes, you will believe that lie more. More and more. Yeah. That voice will be louder and louder, especially if you're not getting good sleep. Rebecca, where can people find you? Now, this will all be in the show notes, I promise everybody, but can you share with everybody where they can find you? Um, Yeah. My website is rebecca-ann.com and it's R-E-B-E-K-A-H-A-N-N-E. And then my Instagram, which is what I'm the most of all the social media outlets. I'm only on Facebook and Instagram, but I don't do Facebook much. So it's uh, my handle is at the real Rebecca Ann. So uh, yeah, I mean, probably the website is the best way to to get connected with all the things. And I do have um, coaching, I speak, and I have a membership for specifically, I work with women who are trying to do this work. What does God say? How does God say I'm designed to live? Women who just want to live the abundant like life that really is promised for us in the word of God. God's promises. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your heart. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm so, I mean, I just, I see God's love and faithfulness in you too. And I'm sorry for what you've had to endure, but I mean, now you're such a beautiful uh, mouthpiece and truth 
you know, speaker that can save other people who are in similar situations. So my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everybody, that's a wrap. (laughs) We're going to land this plane. And I just want to thank you so much for your time and, and joining us and share this with others who you feel would help them you know, will encourage them, inspire them to know that there's more to their life than to where they are right now. There is, God's got work to do in each and every one of us, you know, but he needs you present Mm -hmm. and knowing that he's walking with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, anything else, Rebecca, before we go? Nope. I love the work you're doing. Thank you. I love the work you're doing too. It's a mutual admiration club. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And you know what I say, remain unstoppable. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review.